Hi, it's me. My name is Mubolaji, and I'll be sharing what I feel about your last podcast, Why We Hated Here. So, firstly, I agree with the colonialism mentality. But the other hand, so I think I disagree with that because uh, around me, um, typically in the Yoruba setting, uh, most adherents uh, came from a very, very soft parent that were not conservative. And whereas most soft parents uh, came from a very ad, uh, ad family because they felt their parents were too harsh and psychologically they just relax and they feel very, they just don't want to be hard as their parents. So I, I, that's one thing I, I've come to understand. But as much as I believe that African parents also like to use force, which is the colonialism mentality. I also feel that some of them just want to believe that they want to. So like I was saying, so I feel that most parents um just want to copy the colonialism mentality because they've seen how their friends as have um say trains their child. And also, okay, secondly, I feel that your story talks or explains the more about a perfect working family in a typical nigerian setting um, i feel it leaves out um serious difficult situations like uh, broken homes and um, separated families um single fathers single mothers maybe because of death or some other thing i also feel that so in these settings i feel that um it's most likely that um the colonialism mentality does not come in and if it comes in it comes in because of um, various things um such as finance um relationship and all so most likely it's possible that uh if it's a single mother the mother is quite nicer but if it's a father if it's a single father the father is more other so i feel that that's um so lastly my last take would be um as regards parents refusing to understand that children grow up very fast and they have their own minds thoughts beliefs and aspiration as such they take decision best for their interests so for instance um they find it difficult for 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 their child to say they want to attend so 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 church why they attend so 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 church forgetting that um those children are also adults and I feel that emotional attachment to their to their child is a big problem for them because they refuse to understand these decisions are in their be- are in their child's best interest so for instance your your mother could call you when you are not at home to come home and when you come home say three four days after you guys start fighting like real fights so i feel that emotional emotional attachment is one of the biggest problem parents have majorly so thank you for having me bye hey Bologi, thank you for sending a voice note um i definitely vibe with everything you said especially the point where you were like what I've described is majorly describing families that for the most part are functional for the most part like there's dysfunction in every relationship obviously but this was not a very wholesome conversation so um I just thank you for catching that unfortunately the next episode that everybody is listening to right now is already quite long as is so I didn't quite have space to like expand um but so yeah just to preface this guys um yeah this is very much based on my own personal experience it's not particular it's not fully wholesome um of course i'm it's not based solely on my experience i'm drawing from a bunch of different people their own thoughts their own feelings and so on and so forth but like this is not 
comprehensive. All right, anyway, so this episode is going to sound a little bit different from previous ones. You know why. It's also quite long. Um, but, all right, cool beans. We're just going to get into it. Yeah, let's run this pee. So, where does oh, tickling start? your fancy? <laughs> uh, I don't even, what are we talking about, guys? Okay. So you, you, you listened to the previous episode, right? No, you didn't. You, you disgrace. How could you say that about me? I listened, I did not listen to it. I'm going to lie to you. What okay. do you talk about? <laughs> Shall you really shame me like this? Or? No. Yeah, I was doing part two of the series. You did not hear part one. Is no. Don't feel oh, shame she... in your <laughs> It's because of school. Don't you joke. didn't do your homework. No, you didn't tell me what I was recording. Okay, anyway. You said pull up at 11. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, now that you're pulled up, so what we're talking about, you know, two of us, two both of us, we did go to Nigeria together. Ah. And I've recorded this episode two times already, mind you. I don't record them twice, but I was thinking there's everything I've said, I do sound somehow rude instead. Mm. <laughs> mm. So <laughs> I don't know how I'll publish that thing with a good conscience, or in fact, with any conscience left in my chest. As I've recorded them two, 45 minutes long, bam, but I just said, oh, I can't do this. So I've decided to, instead of making it to be like, see me just sitting down ranting, 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 ranting. Let two of us have a back and forth, it gets. The same thing with Sibu. A back and forth. Yeah, a back a and forth. A tete a waiting for, um, a rubbing of mine, see? You don't disgrace us here, Shia, please. <laughs> I, I, let me, let me, let me, take two, let's go. Okay. Hi everyone, uh, I'm Faye Shire. Right now I live in Brooklyn, but honestly I'm a legal girl. And um, I am a student at Pratt Institute. Hey, Faye Shire is my little sister. No, not talk it like that. Don't talk it like that. Don't talk it like what? Don't talk it like that. So we're going to be um, continuing our conversation about just like being a kid that's moved out of the house and that moves back into the house, especially in this Nigerian context. And to speak from my own experiences as two Yoruba women. Hmm. I'll just start with a quote. Some of us live in big houses, but the house knows if we contain us and our parents together. If you know, you know. Okay, let's even start from the... Um, we'll just break it down. So two Yoruba women. I'm going to start on the woman's zone. Excuse me, on your video back, what do you mean? <laughs> Drew now. Uh-uh, did you really pause? Why not continuing if you don't have this video? Good one. Anyway, starting from the woman one. So this is one thing I said in one of the three episodes, the two episodes that I recorded and decided to throw away. I said that I feel like in many cultures, including Yoruba culture, People see women's labor as it should be free, especially when it's domestic labor. 
that, oh, we have daughters, so why will I have to order food? I have daughters. Why will I hire a cleaner? I have to, I have daughters. Why will I wash my own underwear? I have daughters. Add it up uh, in your uh, brain, uh, bro. Underwear one is fashion. Add it up. Some some men don't wash their underwear. Their children wash their underwear. I will not sub anybody. Yeah. I just don't, to summarize, I don't think women's labor is free and I don't think it should be free. It's different if I decide that I want to do something for you out of the goodness of my heart, out of my love for you. It's, just, it's different if we decide that this is a house I'm not picking. You're not paying rent in this house. Contribute in some way. That's an agreement that we all sat down to talk about. And I believe that. I believe if I'm not paying rent in your house, maybe I'll be cooking the food, right? I just think it's respectful of your money and your own time and your own labor. But for you to expect me, like expect out of nowhere, just because I'm a woman, I should be cooking, I should be cleaning. For what bloody reason, man? Think on it. Think about it. Yeah, I don't know. I this Christmas there wasn't like a boy in the house, so I don't even know if like the expectations would be different. There was a there was a boy for like a week. Oh, it wasn't for long now. But he was doing things like anyway. Regardless of that, I'm just saying that like there's the expectation of women right just to just be laboring and doing work and then when you now add the layer of you are now their child it just makes it worse. yeah the actual female child it just makes it like completely worse in the sense that English, English, English. in the sense that it's no longer oh this is your obligation it is now their rights yeah it's not their rights because they are your parents and like I understand that, like you said, it's like I'm not paying friends. You feed me, you clothe me, you love me. So of course, like I'm going to be doing things in the house. Like that's a given. But when it becomes like this is my rights, all this going to do is cultural and the house will just become smaller. I'm not really able to fit inside again. <laughs> because if you think on it, yeah, okay, let's even go this way. So there are some households where the hmm, okay. It's like somebody's yard is gonna open. There are some households where the father of the house he does he eats he has his own separate like plate set, his own cup, his own cutlery. Wait, after like dinner plates kind of thing. Hey, nobody else can eat oh, out of oh, his own oh. plates. Like oh, he's the king. Oh. His things are gold plated, okay, maybe not gold plated, but you get. And I get everything yeah. where they nice for that house, like all the nice plates, all the nice coolers, all the nice cups. That's what they used to serve him. All the rest of them, them peasants, <laughs> the <laughs> slaves, the servants, they can't eat from the plastic plate. That's their business. But, okay, so there's a households like that. Um, there are households, in households like that, oftentimes, not all the time, maybe not say that, I think it's not like that, but oftentimes, right? Um, how do I put this? When they serve men like that, if you're already selecting his plates, you know that he's not living an average lifestyle. Like he's living, living what's in any other part of the world. One would call it luxury lifestyle. Like yeah. you never cook. They cook for you. Okay, you're paying their rent. They cook for you. They, you, they cannot serve your, your food straight from pot to plate. They guys put it inside this special cooler. Right, and then they'll now put separate, the all the separate all the different foods. You know, you if it's rice and then stew and then chicken and then 
your your side, your two sides, you know, your rice, your chicken, your 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 side of coleslaw, your side of corn, your side of any kind of side they want to put there. Beside then your water will be in a jug. You put all the little table mats, all those other kind of thing. So to me, I do think on such things, and I think like it do remind you know those British dramas, Dancing Abbey, the servants. Yeah, that's what yeah. they used to do. So I'm here thinking, no, to me that sounds like a luxury lifestyle that people in those days, what did they do? Employed butlers, servants to do. But now you have female children and you want to live a luxury lifestyle claiming that you pay rent when you, like, it doesn't even seem like a fair exchange to me at that point. It just seems like we're doing things to keep this household moving, but you want a servant for free. Yeah, and actually, I actually just thought of this because um, I also this because of what you said about that whole like Downton Abbey thing. It's like Nigeria was called out by the the British, right? And so you see people of, like older generations thinking that grow. <laughs> well, people of older generations um, grew up in the times where you had to have like all these your place have to be set with the millions of coolers and sirishirishi. And they grow up thinking that that is the way life is meant to be, right? But they happen to forget the concept that it wasn't them setting the place. Like when they were kids, they were not the ones setting the place. They were not, because they had staff, like labor, labor and labor right now is cheap. Back then, labor was practically nothing genuinely um and i just think like they completely forget that they had like cooks butlers um like all sorts of just random people that you don't even know what they do in the house but they're just there right and i'm thinking that they're correcting for that lifestyle that they think they should have by using their children to create it for them hmm and and okay yeah it's not like you said something just now it's like you said that <clears throat> um, <laughs> <I'm coming laughs> good. it's like you said what, what you just said now is like sounding like you said <laughs> you said so some people grow up excuse me on your camera back some people mm-hmm. grow up with a certain lifestyle but they forget that they didn't they weren't the labor right they didn't have to be child and help they were just child mm. and now you grow up and you're at a point where labor is no longer cheap <clears throat> which I sincerely stand for. It's not as cheap as it used to be because people need to earn a livable wage for God's sakes, you know? Like people need food. People need to send their kids to school and all of that stuff. So bam, labor is not supposed to be that cheap. Well, now we're at the age that labor is not that cheap, but I don't understand why, um, how do I put it? Us that we're cooking your food. Have you not noticed that when we're cooking our own food, we don't put it in a cooler. There's a reason for that. I don't yeah. know if people aren't thinking these practical thoughts. I know that. Okay, me, I personally think this is bad. Like some men who walk into their household, they don't know where they keep salt in their house. They don't know where they keep gari. Where's the hmm. rice? They don't know. Where do we keep egg? In the fridge, they don't know. They have no reason to open anything. I didn't get that personally. I don't, that's something I just, I, I can't process in my mind. You live in this house. You have never looked for salt in your life. What? Come on now. <laughs> and you can say the same about some women. 
they don't know how to put on the generator in their own household. All sorts of weird things. They don't know how to do. They don't know how to do that. Fair, but like this salt one is paining me seriously. <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that as a country, we need to we need to like wake up because it feels like we're living like from like we're living fifty years in the past as a well, country. There's this whole wake up thing, right? But I was also thinking, okay, so like, see how now two of us, if to say I didn't want to post this episode now, we're very free. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about things that are on our chest. But when it's time to really like call some things out, everybody's shaking, everybody's scared, like to drop names. Context. So in one of our previous episodes, um, I was gonna talk about an experience that we both went through. It was when we left our house to go to somebody else's house. And the person was under the impression that we didn't have home training for whatever reason. Ooh, and ooh, the person proceeded you. to do some very distasteful things, like extremely distasteful, like actually borderline and browsing. Um, just like all sorts of things. Like they were so rude about a lot of things, demanding a lot of random labor, just acting in ways that were not justified as far as I'm concerned, especially because how do I put this one? Not your children, and nobody bloody asked you to do any of this. Like we, yeah. And I wanted to actually go in depth about that because I was thinking, yeah, there's home mm-hmm. training, which is important. Like, and I'm talking about home training that has not crossed the line to abuse. So everybody, like home training, I think should just make you understand how to live, you know, in a clean way, in a healthy way, and even possibly teach you how to cohabitate with other people. Right, in a way that you can all make agreements and you know and just live clean and just you know have food in the house <laughs> like don't die or whatever but this was past that level if you know what i mean like that experience was positively awful it didn't hit abusive but it hits like ridiculous yes yeah i was gonna say like it, i think it's it wasn't even home training per se it was dom- is the word domestication because it wasn't like um oh you need to learn manners or you need to learn um how to live it wasn't like learning how to live it was um i don't think that because of the way i i see you i don't think that you cook very often so i'm going to i don't know force you to cook four meals like four meals for lunch like for something different for every person it wasn't like it was just like I don't think and I don't want to be I don't want to be mean but it just gave me very you won't be a good enough wife as opposed to home training because like I can even understand like wanting to teach give someone home training I can't I can't get that but that wasn't that wasn't about home training it wasn't like um in this certain situation, treat her like this, respect. It wasn't, it was none of that. It was just domestication, really. Domestication in an almost unfortunate way, because as I said, the things we were doing- It's not almost unfortunate. It was quite unfortunate. Honestly, it really left a very, very bad taste in my mouth. I remember we called, we called our mother and almost demanded, (laughs) like, 
I remember just straight up. And you you know, it's not you don't necessarily demand things of your parents. They cannot like, I need to leave. Somebody needs to pick me up. Like that was my attitude. I was like, if I'm if it's to trek from this house to back to my house, I will start going. I will carry my load on my head and I'll start walking back home if nobody picks me up. Yeah. About that thinking, experience. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. I was gonna say I was thinking about that and about how see how we're talking about it in a kona kona way. Nobody wants to see anything. <laughs> nobody wants to just be so training. <laughs> if I talk, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I mean we should just talk. Eh? <laughs> I'm not there. I'm actually not there. No, because it's, like people perish for lack of noise. It's not even. I don't. I don't. I'm not upset with them. I I genuinely feel like they're a product of the system as opposed to perpetrators within the system. Um, like I don't. But think... they're perpetrating it though. Should we have been I different? Know. I don't know. Think on it. Should we have been different people that are not as strong-minded and strong-willed, and that honestly just don't have? Because the thing is. Despite all the way mommy, we fight with mommy and daddy, despite all of the things that do happen, <laughs> we know, like, as a baseline, like, I'm 100% sure that there's a lot of love in that relationship and I have a safe space to talk. Like, should I, even if I don't necessarily need to, should I desire to talk? Something good will come of it, right? It might be a long, painful conversation, but their ears and their hearts are open. And I feel like yeah. years later, I talked to mommy about, I told her, it wasn't the same exact time because I didn't really process what had happened. But a year or two later, not even years, like just quite soon after, maybe you know it up to a year, but you get soon after, I talked to mommy about what happened. And she had some things to say about it, right? And she heard me out. She heard me out. She wasn't pleased to hear what's happened. To my memory, oh, she wasn't. Know you guys talked about it. Cause I told her eventually. Do you know that 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 she that this person did this? Do you know that she asked us to do this? Mommy was quite shocked. <laughs> um, and as I said, not happy to hear because I was also upset. And she said sorry, like I'm sorry that happens. I was like, okay, okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> you really came here to fight, and then they said sorry, and now you don't have fight again <laughs> to fight. Yeah, but back to what I was saying about, like, how I don't view them as perpetrators technically is because, like, it's not like they're exacting these things on other people. They're held by the same chains as well. It's like, it's not like they're only exacting it on other people. They're held by the same chains. Like, it's also hurting them. And I, or maybe I'm just too simplistic, but, like, I genuinely feel like they are victims of the of the system because when you when you listen to their stories right um exactly what they were doing when they were younger people did it to them mm-hmm. right and i was just i actually remember i remember one of the i would call them sessions <laughs> one of the sessions that we were at um, with this person or these people, um, they were talking about like experiences and how um, we're really lucky to have grown up in the world that we did. And I just felt like, I just felt like pity and all the anger that I'd been feeling over the whatever period of time that we were there kind of just left. Cause I felt like, wow, 
you really suffered and you are really still suffering and you don't know it yeah so that's kind of like where I'm at where I am at that <laughs> did I sleep through that I don't remember because you that. did sleep through that you did sleep through all the, Bro, all the heavy I stuff I slept through so much stuff <laughs> and they didn't give me food <laughs> I'm not even joking, bro. <laughs> I was sleeping. I mean, they weren't evil, right? They were starving me. Eventually, I got food. But, bro, man, I woke up. <laughs> hey. Oh, it was tough. Was really, I say eventually, really like, time. it was hours and hours later. It wasn't, like, eventually. It was, like, okay, they have made food. Everybody has eaten it. So, you that you are sleeping, you can go to the kitchen now. I mean, I just think on it this way, yeah? Let's think on it this way. From what you've said. Hey, if I say this one now, they'll say I'm wicked, but let's go there. I severely edit them. So, in his day, Tinubu was in the streets protesting for the rights of Nigerians, true or false? In his day, Buhari was on the streets protesting for the rights of Nigerians, true or false? What are they doing today? propagating the same tyranny that they were on the streets protesting against. They were victims, clearly, right? Because they were held in jail, you know? They were arrested. I don't know if they ever arrested Buhari, but Tinobu, he's familiar with the jail cell. He knows what it looks like. He knows yeah, the rats. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, know, he, he, he knows the people. But the, the rats? Why? Why? There because no the Nigerian prison. There was no need. <laughs> there was no need. Close the rats. Hey, Taye. Hey, Kende. Kende. Salah. <laughs> How are you guys now? It's been a while. He was the rats, bro. So he was a victim. And to a certain extent, right, he grew up, like his formative years, talking about, you know, his childhood. He wasn't spending his childhood in the prison. But like 20s, maybe 30s, he was in and out of protests, right? He was in and out of, he was a victim. Today, he's perpetrating the very same crimes. I don't think I have to explain to anybody listening to this podcast the evils that Tinubu has done of recent mm. and in the past. Do we then say, oh, no, we can't really call Tinubu a perpetrator because he, in turn, is a victim. But do we then say, oh, we can't really call Buhari a perpetrator because he himself is a victim? Because when I think of that, I say that, oh, Tinubu and Buhari actually are in power. That whole concept of victimization when somebody is clearly and strongly in power over the people that they are oppressing, it just dissolves that quickly in my mind. Because when there's a power imbalance, everything becomes sticking. And in this situation I just described, both of us having beaten around the bush, how do I put this? There was a hierarchy in that situation. Mm-hmm. I was not at the top, I don't know about you, but I know the people who were, and they're the ones that, Yes, one can call victims, but also like they were bloody in charge. They made all, they called all the shots. They made all the rules, and we had no autonomy over. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Let me just let me kind of rephrase what I said because I didn't. They are they are perpetrators definitely, but what I was trying to say is I don't see them. I don't like personally because I was one of the victims, and I think about them. I don't think about like. I just have pity for them. And I just really, <laughs> I know that they have not changed their ways, but I really hope that, you know, something could happen to them and change their ways. But that's what I say. Like, personally, I, I've just come to realize that, like, 
the systems we have as a country in our culture, in our politics, just the systems we have constantly make this um, machine of a person, right? Mm-hmm. And that machine of a person will then continue the system, like it feeds into itself. And like that's what, that's what I was trying to like highlight with that. But yeah, definitely they are publications. I just don't see them as I mean, I don't see this. I'm not I'm not upset anymore about them, you know. For me, I'm not upset for myself. I guess these days I've I've become less upset about personal grievances and more about other people who don't have the kind of privilege I had who mm. clearly went through the same situation and will come out to be perpetrators or will just come out to be extremely scarred. Like people who can't fight through it. As I said, people who don't have a mom that's going to listen to them and say, sorry, that happened to you. I'm thinking, what about them? Like, yeah. You know, if you really want it, if you really, if you really want to enter it, you can talk about that, um, that crowd sharing thing. Crowd sharing? You have to be specific. Sorry. Child sharing. Oh. Yeah, um, but yeah, there's certain like like okay. Give the audience some context, to, like, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the concept of like sending your kids somewhere to sending your kids to somebody else's house for training, um, whatever that means. You know, like I guess some networks do it more than others. So within a certain like group of people, within a certain group of um parents. Basically, they were like sending. Is it that they all these church people? Let me just say mm. the stress of it. Mm. All these church okay. people will be sending their children up and down to one auntie's house, <laughs> sister, sister Deborah. Go and stay with sister me? Deborah's house. Go and stay with brother Tayo's house. Go and stay. Yeah. With- and so, yeah, I was just saying that those are the systems that kind of allow for this to continue. Because you already get, you, there's trauma that your parents, there's no how. Your parents will transfer. There's trauma there within that relationship. Um, and then you now add another layer of somebody else's parents who honestly, and here's the sad thing, um, the church is meant to, people within the church body, they're meant to treat you well, right? But unfortunately, and I don't even understand why, but that doesn't happen. Also the great atrocities with this um, child sharing thing happen within the church community. And that adds another, another layer onto the child and then they grow up and become perpetrators. So, for me, like what I, what I have the most animosity, anger, just all the negative feelings towards is this, the structures that are put in place, like that whole child sharing thing. Hmm. I call it crowd sharing because, like, why do you need a whole <laughs> that whole concept of it takes a village to raise a child thing going on? I don't really I understand it, but I think that we've taken it way out of context. Like you go to somebody's house, they'll tell you, um, <laughs> mm, mm, how do I say this now? Hey, 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 hey. Okay, you go to somebody's house and they'll tell you nail polish is demonic, but they're meant to, they're literally meant to be like training. They don't tell you, they don't teach anything about patients, about real things that are actually going to like affect your person, actually going to affect your actual soul. They don't teach anything about that. And you just go to different houses and keep on adding these little these elements of other people's trauma and elements of other people's like theories. And you don't grow at all. So like, yeah, for me, that 
that child sharing thing is really where it's at. Yeah, I mean, I think, okay, in theory, um, because the thing is, right, the only real cultures where child sharing exists, child sharing, quote unquote, are cultures that are not like in necessarily developed countries just yet. So it might not, I don't know if it's the culture itself of that or just the systems that don't support that. Um, I would say, for example, okay, let's say there was a system where you had like a legal, this is your temporary guardian, for example, and we had like real child services that a child could call if they felt they were in an abusive situation with such guardian. That's quite a different story. Whereas, I don't know, first of all, me personally, and I think it's just probably because mommy was very intentional about keeping us in the house. Mm. Wait one second. I don't particularly see why that's any, to people who are not in a dire situation, like you're not in a dire financial or, or, or legal or, or whatever kind of crisis where you need to drop, you know, your kid off at your sisters, your kid off at your friends, right? That's different. That's more or less out of your hands. But for people who just like, go and stay in this person's house so they can teach you how to do home training. Why is it somebody else's responsibility to teach your kid something that you can fully well teach them? That just sounds to me like bloody laziness and negligence, especially in the church where people say children are a gift from God and parents are supposed to, to raise <laughs> their children. <laughs> Explain to me why you cannot teach your child discipline and why you want to send your, burden your child and send them to somebody else. And this thing, spiritual leaders love to do this thing. I think it's crap, bro. You send your kid to somebody else's household and they can't say no. And they don't tell you when they're going to come take the kid. <laughs> they don't want the child there. What's that? I don't. Why are you playing ping pong with the child? Because they will know. They will feel unwanted. They will feel the tension. They will feel like the, my guardians currently don't want me. My parents currently don't want me. So I'm unwanted. You want a 13, 14 year old kid growing up feeling unwanted? You say something. You say something. You want to feeling like they're like. Do you get what I'm saying? I just think it's so irresponsible, personally. If you have the choice, why then, how do you, like, the math doesn't math in my brain. Like you talk about, a lot of people around me, a lot of adults especially, their convictions as they say them and their convictions as their, as their actions say them do not in any way align. How are you going to tell me that children are gift from God and it's your responsibility to raise this child in the ways of Christ and all of that good stuff and then once you notice your child has one small flaw, you just ship them off to somebody else's house because they know that's their punishment. Children aren't stupid. And here's the thing, Nigeria, we don't really... Mental health is not our strong suit. And as a country, we don't really pay attention to that. But the child begins to act out purely and solely because they want you to pay attention to them. And your response is to ship them off somewhere. Uh, talking about, I've heard this word. Actually, when I heard it, I, I was so sad. I heard someone say that they're in, this is their child. They said that. They are, his, hey God. Say the child's training cannot come from them. Not, not. I feel like I'm too busy to provide. Because like, if, you, if you can be honest about it, you can say like, okay, my schedule is going crazy. I need help, right? No, you're categorically saying that this child that is yours 
you cannot train them for whatever conviction you have on your heart. Like you cannot train this child that you prayed for, that you begged for, that you actually tried for. And this is like, this is, this, that's actually the sad thing. They are convinced that they can no longer care for this child because they have this quote-unquote community and village that will raise the child for them. And I'm thinking, what if we didn't have that structure? What if it wasn't there? Would you <laughs> be shipping your child off to some distant relatives? No, you wouldn't. You would raise that child. I mean, probably not, though, because the absence of community doesn't mean that the person will raise the child. It just means that they'll decide that God is coming down from heaven tomorrow morning, every day at 7.30 to teach this child algebra. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true though? Yeah, people, well, people do be moving mad in this world. People do be moving mad. It's really sad. No, if I was to talk on this podcast, I mean, you'd be dragging at me. I'd be like, oh, come on. Let me not lie. Okay. I'm not, I was, I was, I was, yeah. If I was calling name, I would call your full government name. <laughs> I will put your address to like if I wanted to do that, but no, I don't want to do that. I want to highlight the issues and not the people. Okay, let's highlight the issues and not the people. I love that. Yeah, which is why like I'm okay with not calling out names per se. Uh, but yeah. All Even right. like going back to that being a child, being a child in your parents' house thing, it's the concept of respect and what we think respect is in Nigeria is also like a really big deal because it's the same like how you leave the country, you enter the workforce, and your boss tells you to do, your boss asks you for like ideas. And you're not talking, you're not telling him any, you're not giving them any ideas, right? Because it's like, am I allowed to speak? like you you have no idea how to interact with authority because of this sham concept of respect that we have in Nigeria so it's like I think that a lot of things would go so much easier if you could communicate openly like I didn't like what you did here this doesn't make sense a b c d but because we think that respect is being quiet um, not looking people in the eyes (laughs) what did they even say they said, whenever somebody asks you to do something, do it first and then complain. Like, if they ask me to chop up my food, I should chop up my food and then complain. Like, that, that's the kind of thing that, like, it's instilled in mm-hmm. us from, yes. from, like, I've actually heard that all my life and I'm just realizing that that's so crap. <laughs> it's just nonsense, bro. Call it as it is, man. Okay, so kind of going off what you just said, yeah, there's this whole, Aish, how how I say, this whole concept of, Layering it now because there's some intersectionality in this concept. It's not just that I'm Nigerian, I'm a woman too. Because this whole over to be a respectful wife, one must not challenge. Mm. Or to be a respectful child, one must not challenge. One must submit. You one have to must use submit. The word. Use the word. Wait, wait, wait. Just, before we even hit submission level, I can think of many a time, in many cases, um, where somebody's dad says, as a family, we're all doing this. And everybody knows it's mm. a bad idea. Everybody down to their five-year-old last born knows this thing can never work. <laughs> right? And every, nobody says anything. 
and they all laugh at him in private. They insult him, they drag him with their friends. Everybody just knows that, yeah, this person's father, his sense is kind of limited. And <laughs> it's the truth, bro. Like, that's what they'll be saying. Like, your papa no get sense so crazy. That's why you are failing, Abby. <laughs> you now, the thing will now scatter. He will now fall on his face before me. Black, like a Nigerian man's pride. I'm such a baddie. I cannot say I'm here as a hard guy. How can I be sad? And I'm just thinking, is that respect? Is is just because nobody has said anything to you or people ridicule you behind your back? Because I hate to break it to many Nigerian men, but the people, your wife, your kids that can't say anything to your face, they're insulting you in, in public, in your absence. In public. in public, not in private, bro. This whole, oh, kids shouldn't talk about their parents. Their friends know your business. It's on the streets. And here's the thing, if kids, like... We try to do that whole keep it under wraps thing. If they can't talk to you, they first go talk. They first go talk to their friends. That's exactly what's going to happen. So even if like the guy, the man was messing up and making all sorts of dumb decisions, if they could sit down and have a conversation about it, the child would let it out. Like that would be an outlet. But because they even like even unfortunately even with fires, they say, oh, when your husband makes a decision, just take it and run with it. So oh, they could they go and talk to their friends like, ah, this man wants to kill me. And that's how everybody be sitting down and laughing at this poor guy. Not even poor guy, but <laughs> laughing at this guy, laughing at this family, unfortunately, because he is no longer just the man. He has now become <laughs> the unfortunate ah. man. That's what he has become, me. No, he's he's taking the whole family. Because it's not just him making a decision now. He's making a decision as the whole family. So the whole family is getting quotas together. The whole family is getting ridiculed together. The whole family... It's just, oh my gosh, it's, it's just, just a so big communal incredibly Ill. messy. Yeah. And the whole, that word, that word respect specifically is like, ah, the way we've twisted it and changed the actual meaning in Nigeria for everything, but specifically child parental relationship thingy. It's just terrible. And can we talk about how they say that I remember, remember I learned that problem proverb in primary school, respect is reciprocal. But most Nigerian adults actually are not respectable. They are actually they are not quite poorly behaved around the young people. They earn no respect. And when somebody tells them of that person is disrespectful, I don't know how to explain this to you. The fact that this person has made you aware of how every other person feels about you is actually doing you a great service because quite frankly, all the rest of the kids are thinking it. Oh, there was this one teacher we had um, and I remember it was, it was so terrible because nobody respected him as a person. Nobody respected anything. He it was actually to the point where students would students would unfortunately students were calling him by name and it was chill, it was passable because nobody respected him. This was when he wasn't there. Even even other teachers as well, like were very chill with it. But the second that he came into the room, everybody's energy shifted. Like, oh, we have to respect him. We have to, we can't say these things when he's there. And I'm just like, as a, as a culture, it is extremely distasteful 
it is extremely distasteful because we everybody knows it's an open secret. Nobody respects these these, these general group of people. Nobody respects them. I don't know. Yeah, and even just on the topic of respect, on a different note, so this Christmas year, as everybody knows, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to move back home your parents. So we had our our issues to say the least. I mean, wait, you also have to add layer that we didn't like move. We went for like. We are, yeah, that's true. Went to visit. Well, in that two months, uh, we were in the same house um, almost the entire time, like legit the entire time. And I will say this one thing. So there were some times when like daddy would say something or do something that I, like to put it plainly, I just didn't think were nice things to do or say. Mm And I remember speaking to him one day and well we had multiple I've had multiple conversations with him over the, over the two months because I'm big on communication and I've seen how making assumptions ruins relationships right and this is the relationship I would I would fight for in any case so I and over the course of time what I noticed is that not only did he challenge my assumptions that I had made he was challenging himself to listen and to work through all the all the kind of entanglements of like oh i'm a man i can't listen to a a young woman i you know she like he was working through that actively and even though at first like me kind of being around him and not really understanding where he was coming from on many things i was angry like i was just so upset with time and yeah with time i would just say the only thing I have left for him is respect. It's my yeah. respect because I know, okay, he can say something or do something that I find really, really annoying. But you know what he will also do? He will he will listen. He will put in the work. He will challenge himself and he will challenge me too. You know, he reminded me in many occasions, even in times when I was just straight up wrong, like I just did something that made no sense. I was just vexing for no reason because I'm not always right, right? Even in those times, like, his response would just even challenge me, like, okay, are you being respectful? Like, are you just on a very human level? Like, are you interacting with, with your dad the way you would want someone to interact with you? And so even, like, if he if I'm on the phone with him and he says something that I think is, wow, like, why did you say that? You know, the only thing that comes to my mind is, it's really straight up, like, okay, we'll talk about it. Okay, well, be respectful. Okay, well, this is someone that not only has... I mean, daddy has never asked us explicitly, respect me. But this is someone that his behavior over time, right, commands respect automatically. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, as, as one of my professors <laughs> once said to me, management professor, she said, if you're, if you're in conflict and the other person is cooperating, why would you escalate? And it makes sense, right? Like, if he's ups- if daddy has done something that I don't like or I don't understand, or I've done something that he doesn't understand and he's upset with me, why escalate when you when you respect the person's like when you respect the person's willingness to grow, when you respect the person that person is always challenging themselves, when you just respect the quality of the person's character, because that is what I respect. The quality of his character is high. It's very, very it's high. Extremely high. He's extremely yeah. high. Yeah, we're really lucky in terms of like 
daddy and the way he approaches situations <clears throat> the way he approaches situations also also the way he defines respect because respect to him is not don't speak to me or don't ask or don't like don't talk to me it is wait wait i was trying to remember he actually said one time when i was talking to him what respect meant to him exactly but daddy is very open to communication and i think that for somebody that grew up um right after colonial right after colonial nigeria like that's a big deal and i think that that is what we need in general going forward like communication respect is not respect without communication i can pretend to respect you um but if i know if i know nothing about you it is very difficult to respect you if i don't understand the way i'm moving or like cuz like you're going to agree with everybody eventually there will always be disagreements but if i think that the way you think or if i understand what you're doing if i think the way you think is okay or reasonable or if i understand what you're doing then it's not my respect the way i respect you is not going to change i may not agree with you but my respect will stay so i just think that everybody children <laughs> parents as well need to be more open to conversation in order for respect to actually be there because as another thing parents don't respect their children right and there's the layer of oh I'm older than you I don't need to respect you and all that but then I also think just on the other side that in some cases at least I know I did this quite a bit you don't try to I didn't try to articulate myself very well when I was talking to like mommy and daddy in certain situations and then I realized this and I, I was like okay so my parents are not perfect they can't read my mind um i need to be able to speak i need to be able to like talk to them right and help them understand what i'm thinking because like we are our generations are so different Quite they don't different. understand almost anything <laughs> unless you in the sense that they don't understand anything they don't understand what it is like obviously to grow up in this generation and to have the opinions that i have they don't know where they came from <laughs> and <laughs> they probably actually asked me like where did this come from <laughs> they don't know where they came from they don't understand them i like you have to give them that grace and that's that also stems from respect as well like i respect mommy and daddy you don't know, have to sit down and have a conversation with them and over time i their respect for me has grown um yeah because of that Also it works the other way around right you also have to earn yeah, their yeah. respect it's not just that oh my parents have to be understanding like you too sir come cool your blood like even okay i remember <laughs> i remember one day one day um daddy and i had a conversation it didn't go very well and <laughs> <laughs> to say the least bro it didn't go very well um sometimes when i get really upset i just start crying i'm not sad though is vex that is making me cry Ah, uh, so I was, I was crying, man. She wept. <laughs> I wept, bro. Interestingly enough, and to my greatest surprise, actually, mommy came upstairs without <laughs> daddy to ask what happened and like to talk it. Like she, how long did we sit down there talking? It was at least an hour, really an hour of rants of like almost like <laughs> my dear, you should have seen me. I manifested. That's the best word. I manifested some inner feelings. We bro. all did. It was a, it was terrible. It was terrible. And she specifically asked us like don't hold back your thoughts. 
just talk. Do you remember like we were restraining each other because we noticed that Asimi is going to say the truth. She's going to say the truth. <laughs> you now tell me. <laughs> Even no, for I will not squeeze your knee. <laughs> yeah, but we got everything else eventually, and I think that if she tried to like boss me, she was like, "Oh, don't talk like that." We wouldn't have talked like that, but we were now we were then restrained out of the side because like I was actually shook when she sat down and she was like, "All right, talk," and that made me like, oh, "Okay." I'm going to, I'm going to chill, and I'm actually going to talk, and that is, that's why like I would tap you, or like essay would just like I calm down, that kind of thing, and we got it all out eventually. It was long, it was a, oh gosh, it was a, yeah. I I think I say to my surprise, it is not out of character for mommy to do something like that, right? It's not like ah oh girl, I was so scared and shocked. It was just that to my surprise because you no, know, honestly, I didn't handle the situation well. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> quite deserve it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't deserve it, period. Like, it's not, it's not like daddy was completely wrong. I was also quite wrong. So, I didn't see it coming, but the, 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 thing, the thing that actually really moved me is she just saw that her kid was hurt. And she just said, let me hear you out. And that gesture alone, I think... It, it, I mean, it just meant so much. It was just like, okay, crazy. <laughs> I have an opinion and I can talk. And and we got, like, it's things like that that make you respect someone to know that, I mean, first of all, right, as I said, the quality of their character is so high. It's obviously higher than your own because you just messed up, right? But, like, mm. this is just a genuinely good person a genuinely good parent, right? Someone whose actions actually surprise you and you're taken aback because you are so upset that you are ready to fight. <laughs> but this person ready comes and de-escalates and you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's good behavior. And maybe I should be like that. Yeah. You don't need to be told to respect someone when they actually have respectable character you don't need to be told that's why certain teachers in school that's why like i don't i honestly think that i've come to the conclusion that the teachers that are not liked actually like catch feelings and as far like they dislike the like teachers because there's a reason why they're just certain teachers that everybody adores and everybody loves like and that's just because they have that respectable character and more often than not they respect not more often than not they always respect the kids mm-hmm and to think on, like, what do I even define respect as? Just, like, on a fundamental human level. Well, first of all, yeah. I mean, just on a fundamental human level. I think everybody deserves a certain level of of agency, right? Of, yeah. of power above over their own life. Even a five-year-old. I would say a five-year-old should be able to at least choose what they want to wear to school, you know? Or should they have an idea? And they should also under, like that's how you teach people you that you give them choices. So that's on the one hand, but on the other hand, how do I put it? I don't when I think of because some people would think people think of respect as gestures, as oh you, now you want your parents to be kneeling down. I be you want your parents to be doing like this so that you can. Mm-mm, I I don't. I actually objectively do not 
want anybody kneeling down unless of course it's somebody that wants to like maybe he wants to bring wedding ring he wants to do like what else I actually you <laughs> had me scared you had me scared unless it's like that kind of thing maybe somebody wants to offer me like he's he's handy in marriage can you down for that not necessary of course there are other ways to get that message across but if that is his desire he can can do that girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another thing respect is measured in gestures and that's just trash it's like no like how do i put this do you just see me as on a fundamental level i am a person you are also a person like if you can understand in your mind that you are not above me i am not above or below you we are both people fundamentally like how would you like to be treated in a fundamental way versus how would i like to be treated in a fundamental way and by fundamental it's just like how do i even describe fundamental i don't know man we're just gonna leave it as fundamental yeah i was gonna say that like this one thing that ties all these stories and instances together is that the way they can be improved like i'm talking about like that person that we stayed with or the way that it was better like mommy and daddy is that is the concept of treating somebody like a human being like mm-hmm. an actual human being like there all these like words like respect as i mentioned and blah, blah blah like all those are there but the basic concept is just treating people like they are human beings not like you are a, you are a child but a hum- you are a human being you're a human mm-hmm. being before you're a woman you're a human being before you are a child like i have i have no idea why you would <laughs> i know someone okay when i was younger i really liked purple i still do actually i was obsessed with it and there was this person that refused to let me wear purple when i was like seven because i liked it and i'm just like there's no reason oh you don't respect me as a person because there's no reason why you wouldn't let me wear my favorite color and it's things like that like if you're treating somebody as human first right concept of what they like like to do and doesn't affect anything is not you're not going to question that if you're treating somebody as human you're not going to expect that without compensation they are serving you as though you are a goddess like yeah treating somebody as human i mean and all these things as human is also i mean it's it's a good thing if you know what people should be treated like it's a good thing mm-hmm. to say but i mean the bible also says a lot of things like treat others as you would like to be treated um treat others as love others as god has loved you both are fair but i would just say because sometimes what even helps me to contextualize what that looks like? Because different people expect different things. But just like on a very basic level, how do, how would I want to be treated in this situation? Not necessarily to say, oh, I want to wear a purple dress. How, how, and this person wants to wear a green dress. Like, just pull it down to the very basics. This five-year-old child has friends, clearly, right they probably have their cute little friend agreements or whatever that they do together like they probably all have whatever the kid has friends they have social in it to summarize they have their own social circles 
they're a person just like you. They have their preferences just like you. There's a certain way they like to be seen and to be just like yourself. Who are, like, really, who are you to just take that away from them? Especially in a situation where it's not harmful to anybody. Like, it's different when it, I don't know, some kids are, like, especially attached to torn or stained clothing. You don't want people to give the, you don't want to give people the impression that you're neglecting your child. But it's just, like, even that oneself is small. But, like, you should get the gist. In a basic way, you can choose what to wear. Even if it's torn or stained. Like, nobody takes your stained jeans away from you. So, I don't know, man. Who gives you the right? Who gives anybody the right to take choices away from someone else? Like, really, who's your daddy? Okay, it's like, that's all. It's like, I'm tired of talking. It's like, you're not paying attention. Okay, maybe you should introduce yourself though, because you never did that in the beginning. Oh, hi all. <laughs> hi all. Wait, don't put that back. Let me start again. <clears throat> hi. Uh, I don't know what to say. What am I going to say? Just tell them your name and who you are. Who I am. I'm a daughter of Zion. You're so annoying. Please hurry up. You're wasting my time. Hi, 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 everybody. Um, I'm Shayo, Faye Shayo, actually. Faye Shayo, I'm Sydney's sister. And um, I don't know what we're talking about today, but I'm sure you'll be fun. Honestly, Shayo, you're very, very, you're like <laughs> such a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, let me do this again. What's, what's a bad intro? That's quite Good a- evening. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. Um, my name is Faye Shire. I am, you know, a baddie. Sorry, I'll say again. Shire, can you please stay focused? What am I supposed to say? What am I supposed Your name to say? and who you are. This is not that hard. Other people, who am I? Other things. Who am I? That's an existential question. Who am I? Where are you currently based? In fact, let me just give you this. Your name, where you're currently based, and who you are. Okay. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Faye Shire. Right now, I live in... Brooklyn, but honestly, I'm a legal girl, and um, I am a student at Pratt Institute. And who are you really? What do you mean? Who am I really? Who are you to me? Because I'm a baddie. Because I'm a hot cake. I don't understand. (laughs) Please, hey, Shire is my little sister. No, not to come like that. Don't talk it like that. Don't talk it like what? Don't talk it like that. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> and now we guys do closing, closing out. Okay, closing one, two. So, in a nutshell, in a nutshell, respect people's agency and treat others as you want to be treated. And that's on period. period. <laughs> That's all right, thank one. you. Period. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you really enjoyed Ooh. this one. We're really recording this at um, 12 10 in the morning. In the morning time, it's negative three degrees Celsius outside. I'm quite scared. Um, don't know what the future holds for me in this kind of climate. <laughs>
We give God all the glory. My roommates and I have been fighting, turning up the thermostat. I do normally turn it up when they are not looking. They will not want to, they will not vex, especially Irene does not work. She not get angry. She will not come out, pop, 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 turn it down. I will now laugh, laugh, laugh. Wait for her to go. Let her enjoy the cold for a few minutes. Now turn it up before I go to bed. But it's all good. No, no, because like it's cold outside. One can open the window. It's all vibes, it's all vibes. No, I've actually now I wear sweatpants, it's embarrassing, honestly. This is not who I am, but it's, it's cold that's forcing me down to this level of wearing sweatpants all the time. Yeah. I'm not this person, bro. We move, Sham. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Shia, for coming. Um mm. we're so we're so glad to have you here. So grateful for your presence. Mm. You're so awesome and amazing. Um I, I know this, I know this. Blessings and glory forevermore. Ah, glory kid. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that from a phrase I want? <laughs> please, please, I'm ready. Goodbye. I need to sleep. <laughs> Good night, Shia. Love you. Oh, mm. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> I love you too, baby. Good night. Good night.